Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Cowboys obliterate the Giants, and it didn't take long, even when they looked like they had something going on. All of a sudden, all hell broke loose, and it never got better. David Elman, Fox Sports, we'll discuss that with him. David, also a great college football fan, a fan of LSU and the Tigers. Could could there have been a more emphatic, um, hey, we're really good, than what we saw last night with the Cowboys in the or in New Jersey. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, if, if you can improve upon forty uh, you know, not to be fair to them, um, you know, the Cowboys have gotten really good at hanging forty points on people in the Mike McCarthy era. I saw that well in three seasons plus one game. Even by that standard, uh, to open the season that way, to not allow a single point, picked up exactly where it left off last year. Not a night by the offense that anybody's going to need to be when you're generating that type of uh, pressure and making plays on special teams. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It, it would have been nice to see some tight ends hang on to some passes by Dak Prescott, but I think you're, you're kind of nitpicky at that point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's right up there, I guess. If, if it wasn't the most uh, impressive. We, we got uh, – I'm going to call you back, Dave. Yeah, Hold we, on. we have a lot of interference. And um, David Hellman, uh, the Cowboys beating the Giants. Giants had moved down inside, what, the 10. They had a false start, then a sack on a bad snap, and then, of course, the block field goal. They ran it back for a touchdown. It was destruction. Yeah, that game was a ugly UGLY if you were a Giants fan, but incredibly impressive for the Cowboys. Hello? Yeah, you're back. Sorry about that, David. I didn't want to sound like you were like the old can you hear me now? Oh, oh, my, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be one of those. We'll get him in a minute. So they win forty to nothing, dominate, they look good doing it. The speed on the defense is just insane, as Phil Bennett brought up to us in an earlier segment with us as well. David, we had Phil Bennett on the show. He joins us on Mondays and looks at a lot of things, college football. And he was talking about, and what I said about turnovers, if a ball's in the air, on the ground, whatever, the speed of that defense, which was really good last year, seems to be almost like a track team when there's something somebody needs to hunt down, a football or a body. Yeah, uh, I think that, that's been a clear point of emphasis for the Cowboys since Dan Quinn got to town. I mean, what an athletic group. Uh, yeah, at times last night against the Giants, it looked like they were 
playing two different sports, or at the very least, this was two different levels of football. I just think the Giants did not have the quickness, the athleticism, the tenacity that the Cowboys did. It's been a point of emphasis. I think, uh, with all due credit to every or all due respect to everybody else, I mean, I think it starts with a guy like Mike Parsons. I mean, when you have a six-three, two hundred and fifty-pound edge rusher who can run a four-three. That's rare, even by NFL standards, and uh, and I think they've done an admirable job of filling the talent behind him. And yeah, I mean, I think there's only there's only one or two units in the NFL that look that impressive uh, when everything's clicking. And uh, I'm not going to be surprised if the Cowboys are the best overall team in the league this year. David, uh, I thought uh, that early on, you know, the the Giants ran the ball, you know, right down the field. I thought, oh man, they they haven't fixed that yet, you know, and maybe maybe they they have it long term, but how that they adjusted that so fast and then threw the Giants out of running the ball uh, so quickly. Um, I mean, they, was was really a shock to me, and it seems like something that's happened a lot with the Cowboys and Giants lately, where the Giants. Uh, or either forced to or somehow forget about Saquon Barkley for stretches during a game? Well, again, I, I mean, I think that's the beauty of having such an opportunistic defense. Is I, I, just, the, I don't think the Giants are a very three-dimensional team. The Giants are not a team that can beat you in any situation, which you know, maybe not a great thing to say about a team that just paid their quarterback $40 million, but I really think, things kind of have to follow a pretty specific script for the Giants to have success. Like, you want to be able to run on early downs. You want to be able to pass out of play action. This is not a team that is going to pass its way out of a deficit. Uh, and that's what the Cowboys did to them. I mean, they drive down the field. They did look pretty good running the ball. Uh, I thought it was interesting. They attempted one pass on that entire drive, and it was a screen pass. So even with an even score, the Giants were not overly interested in dropping back and letting Daniel Jones be subjected to that pass rush. Uh, you get the block field goal, you get the pick six. And, I mean, as soon as that happened, I didn't know it was going to be 40 to nothing, but I, I was very confident. I just don't see the Giants passing their way out of this, not with this pass rush getting this kind of uh, disruption in the Giants' pockets. So, uh, yeah, I think that therein lies the problem. It's very admirable what Ryan Dable has been able to do with that team. We'll see where it goes from here, but um, – I think things have to break a very specific way for the Giants to win games against good teams. And uh, unfortunately for them, it all got away from them very quickly last night. I believe I saw the graphic that the Cowboys were 10-1 and against the Giants when they opened the season, now 11-1. And it seemed like, like all those games have been played in the last 20 years. I get that it's a huge monster TV thing that networks would want. But if you're the Giants, do you want a subpoena? Or at least, no, they want to go <laughs> in the NFL and go, Listen, we'll play them. We have to twice, but for God's sakes, keep it out of the opening weekend. Please. Yeah, the Giants got to be saying no mas, like no more of this. And I made the joke last night. Yeah, the Cowboys have gotten the better of the Giants in week one a lot recently. Ironically, the Cowboys beat the Giants worse last night when the Giants have a decent team uh, than they did a few years ago when the Giants were absolutely sorry, you know. 2017, 2018, when the Giants were really not a very good team, they put up a better fight than what we saw last night. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, Brian Dable and Joe Sheen up in New York have to be saying, please, can we can we wait until Halloween till we have to play these guys? Can we, can we try something besides the opening night of the season? 
Well, Washington is always late. Philly seemingly always late too. So that's that's why it's always weird to me to see the Giants so early all the time, and the other two not really rotate into that into that circle so much. David, uh, they're. Um, there, you know, we've talked a lot about Will McClay and the draft process and the way that they find free agents, but particularly with Thomas and Bell last night, who both made big plays, they are really starting to hit on some undrafted or lower drafted defensive players. And how much of that is Dan Quinn and what he looks for, and and intersects without with Will McClay's skill and and finding those guys who can contribute. I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's a good point, Paul, but I would argue, I mean, the Cowboys have a proud history of mm-hmm. being great at finding these guys. I mean, you go all the way back to the 60s and 70s, but even more recently, right off the top of my head, I mean, Cole Beasley comes to mind. Tony Romo is obviously the most famous one. Even a guy like Ron Leary, you know, they got two or three really solid seasons of guard play out of him as an undrafted free agent. So for whatever reason – this has been something I think the Cowboys have always been pretty good at. And clearly it, it seems to be the case again. Cause yeah, Marquise Bell. Um, what I will say about Dan Quinn, I, I mean, it, it's a joke, but it's a joke for a reason is that Dan Quinn is, is enamored with length. And, and that's what a guy like Marquise Bell brings to the table, you know, big rangey safety. Well, turns out they're short at linebacker, might as well cross train him. And there he is making plays on night one. I mean, for my money, the, the coolest thing that happened last night, in my opinion, was the blocked field goal because Wanye Thomas, undrafted free agent out of Georgia Tech, flies in and blocks the kick. He was probably one of the last two or three guys onto the roster. And then Noah Igbenogany, this cornerback that they traded for from Miami, again, a big rangy cornerback. I'm sure Dan Quinn saw his measurables and really liked him. He scoops it up and scores the touchdown. So, your last two guys onto the team uh, made the game-changing play that kind of swung thing in Dallas, swung things in Dallas's favor. So it's easy for us to roll our eyes at these down-the-line roster decisions and these guys that aren't going to get a ton of playing time, but that's why it matters right there. David Elman with us. All right, David, your college football take for the weekend. Texas goes into Tuscaloosa and wins. Uh, or a couple of weeks ago, Florida State had the great win against LSU that – we didn't talk too much about, uh, and I don't think Paul was even on the show that day. But what are your thoughts about UT and Alabama this past weekend? Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't ducking Paul. I think uh, I don't think I I don't think I've been on in a couple of weeks for yeah. various reasons. It's kind of been hectic. Which, hey, Paul, all all do congrats. It was it looked like it was going to be another great game, and it really wasn't down the stretch. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully LSU remembers that Harold Perkins is a hell of a pass rusher and stops uh, trying to no play him as a linebacker. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, as far I mean, Texas and Bama, what's funny is, um, you know, going into – that's one of those games where me as an LSU fan, I look at it and I say, well, you know, I don't know who to root for because no matter what happens, somebody I don't like very much is going to get a big win. <laughs> uh, but then, But then, sure enough, you know, second, third quarter rolls around, and I realize, like, I'm rooting hard for Texas. Like, I don't like Texas, but I hate Alabama. And uh, by the end of the night, I was throwing up the horns and texting my Texas friends to congratulate them. So uh, I'm sure they'll be very insufferable about it, and I'll regret rooting for them before too long because that's how Texas is. But uh, but it was cool to see them get a big win. And 
the SEC West looks really interesting. I mean, LSU, Bama, and Texas A&M all already have a loss. Uh, I haven't looked at the stats, but, I mean, that, that can't have happened any time in recent memory. So it looks like it's going to be a dogfight. It doesn't really look like there's a, a heavyweight favorite. And Old Miss kind of struggled with Tulane in New Orleans over the weekend, too. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens because uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't really look like there's a runaway favorite. David, yeah, I was uh, I was out last Monday uh, as well, so we haven't even gotten to to talk about it. But I'm I'm on to the next group of tigers here in a couple weeks in the fake Death Valley. Hey, well, you know, it doesn't look as daunting as it once did, does it? Um, and I I appreciate you saying that because yes, LSU is the real Death Valley. But yeah, it's it's a weird year. I'm 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 starting to get really excited about what might be going on here because. I don't know. We haven't seen Georgia play anybody great, but but they haven't looked all that impressive. They're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bama's already got a loss. Ohio State really hasn't looked very impressive. Uh, like I said, LSU's already got a loss. Clemson's got a loss. So, uh, with the exception of Georgia, really all of the all the teams that have been ruling this sport for the last decade or so look look not as mighty as they once did. So hopefully that means this season's going to be a lot of fun. David, thank you, buddy. Appreciate your time. I know your schedule is crazy, and uh, we appreciate his time on many things. As much a college football fan as anything else, he covers the NFL. We appreciate that. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.